Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Breakdown. We are your hosts, Tanya Lee and Johanna Burkhart. We're on episode 115, Decoding Dreams. Johanna, how excited are you right now? <laughs> I don't hear you right now. <laughs> are you muted yourself? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sweet. <laughs> You're going to tap that mic. <laughs> I did tap it. I don't know what's happening. I am super excited. We've been talking about this for um, a long time. Like since we, I think after episode one, we were like all into getting it. We just had to find the right experts. So we found them uh, and we're excited to share them with you. We sure are. And I know that if you guys are live right now on YouTube, if you can go ahead and hit that like button, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. That helps us with our views. If you aren't subscribed yet, smash that uh, notifications, that bell. And um, if you are not live, comment, say your replay, say you watch this. We want to know. We want to know who's watching this, um, especially with this episode. Uh, when we have our expert on, we are going to, you know, for any questions and things like that that come up, go ahead and ask them, put them on there. We're going to keep um, an eye on our feed to make sure uh, we are listening and and uh, can get some of that up for these questions while we have an expert on here with us. But going into dreams, decoding, interpretation, how exciting, because I feel like this takes up so much of... Um, a part of our lives because just the fact that, you know, with the science based on the fact that we have 95% primarily subconscious that runs us and dreaming to me is the gateway to the subconscious. So 95% is mm -hmm. conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you, where did this come from? So these are, these are statistics. It's approximately 95% is run by the subconscious. This is why from, it's from statistic land. I can't even. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is things based on surveys on, on what runs our life. And that's why it's such a big, you know, thing, especially with affirmations, what is programming us? What consciously are we deciding? Most of it is based on things that we have dealt with, felt, um, have brought into our life. So it makes sense. It makes sense. And that's why so much work is done in the dreamland. Um, and I can't wait till we pick Jen's brain a little bit on that as to yeah. her thoughts on there. So that's going to well, be, I really do a lot funny. of stuff. You know, I've talked about this before. I do a lot of stuff in my, in my, I, I think, I feel like I'm doing more work in my sleep right now. Mine is, <laughs> I don't know what mine would be classified. Cause like I said, I, this isn't the episode for it, but it's timeline hopping and things like that. But mm -hmm. In other dreams though, you know, and we'll go into this too, you know, precognition. So I'm, I'm in the future or I've been in the past or I've been in another life completely. Hmm. Uh, and so I, it is, it's interesting how you enter into this. It's like you enter into this space where you can just yeah. do anything you want and go anywhere you want. It's really it's, cool. Actually. It is really cool. And from sleep studies, they say that we dream about four to the average person dreams about four to seven dreams per night. That's yeah, a that lot of dreams. It does because know? haven't you ever gone? You're like, when you wake up, you're like, I was at the supermarket. And next thing you know, I was in Hawaii. It's like, yeah. it's, you just jumped dreams completely. <laughs> yeah. And what I thought was interesting in some of these studies that I was reading was that, um, because, you know, there are people who believe they don't dream. They're like, no, 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 I don't dream. But what the studies are saying is that, yeah, you do dream. 
But the problem is, is that when we wake up within five minutes, statistically, we forget half of the dream. By 10 minutes, based on the sleep studies, they say 90% of it is gone. Sometimes when we are doing a little bit of daydreaming during the day, and you probably had run into this as well, is you'll remember parts of a dream. Be like, I think I dreamt that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's your subconscious because you're in that vibration. You're in that zone. So, um, you know, that's something to, to think about where, you know, you don't think you remember a dream, but most of the time it's because we just don't remember it. Right. And, and that's not- why the minute I am still just waking up, I don't, you don't check my phone or any of that. I literally, I mean, I pull out my phone, but I'm recording <laughs> notes. Normally yeah. it's, it's like, just the key things for me. So it'll be like, like some, sometimes I'll get like a a number sequence or Mm -hmm. uh, a certain location, or there'll be certain things that, uh, you know, are, I, I'm being shown, these are signs that I need to pay attention to, you know? So I try to just keep that loose outline, um, immediately when I wake up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, it's um, when we have when we give Jen a little introduction, uh, we bring her on, which we're going to do shortly, is to remember too with our dreaming, you know, there's all different types of dreams that we can have, we're really focusing on tonight, the interpretation, you know, some of the things that come up that are common in our dreams. But you know, there are kind of things where you can have lucid dreaming, which is, you know, being aware that you are dreaming to be able to have things happen in the dream. I mean, there's so many different things, reoccurring (laughs) dreams, nightmares, um, precognitive dreams, daydreaming, like there's all different types. We could probably have about 20 episodes on the different types of dreams with how many guests on there. It would be ridiculous. Or, or the different things that you're doing in your dreams, you know? So, oh yeah. Yeah. So, so we really um, want to focus on the symbolism and mm-hmm. the, you know, those types of, you know, really decoding. Cause that's, that's the big question everybody has. Like, you know, I get people all the time. Like I had somebody who asked, who told me just a couple of days ago that she's had a dream her whole life of being eaten by a wolf you know, mm. or, or being like, you know, so it's like, well, what is the symbolism in that? And I, and, you know, and I'll, I'll let her kind of talk about that, but this is what people want to know. They want to know what are these things mean? Mm. And that's what we want to focus on today. All right. So should we bring Jen, the remaker on? Tell us a little bit about before we pop her on. Yeah, let's see here. Let me find it. Okay. Jen, the Rainmaker is a native dream guide who teaches people how to manifest their dream life. Like seriously, we need to be doing that and reprogram (laughs) their subconscious. Wow. Yes. Because approximately 95%. Remember that. Yes. (laughs) Using an ancient technique that was passed down through the um, oral tradition of her ancestors from teacher to student, parent to child. Her ancestors were the original safekeepers of this knowledge, and that has um, only been allowed to be shared with the public, has not been allowed to be shared with the public up until recently. Mm. So I probably did a really, did not give it justice what she does and her family. So we're going to bring her on, Um, hold on one second, and let her share a little bit. If anyone is on, I see, I see we have five people watching. Say hello. Let us know. Jen's popping on. (laughs) There she is. Jen, can you try to unmute yourself, honey? I don't know if it, I'm, there you go. She's unmuted. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Will you share with the audience a little bit about this history of, of how this 
how you became here and, and what you do, because I did not give it any justice and I would love to have them hear it from you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So my ancestors were the Chichimeca and they were the original holders of the sacred knowledge. And this sacred knowledge has been uh, in our ancestry for thousands of years. It goes back over 50,000 years and it actually was passed down from the Chichimeca to the Toltecs to the Aztecs to the Mayans. And so for the last 1,460 years, um, it has been coming down through our oral tradition from parent to child, teacher to student. And as you mentioned, there was a time these past 500 years where we were not allowed to share this information with the public. There was an order that was placed because of what was happening with the, um, with the Spaniards that we were to preserve these sacred teachings and we were to continue to pass them down in secrecy so that at the dawn of the sixth sun, which we're currently under from 2012 to 2021, that we could begin to share them again with the public and that at this time they would be needed for people's enlightenment. There was a lot of confusion around what the 2012 calendar was showing when we was talking about death and destruction. It was talking about death and destruction of the old, the old you, whereas yes. the dawn of the sixth sun was about, yeah, it's about enlightenment. So there's a lot of misinterpretation about mm. our culture because it's coming from those that actually tried to um, overtake and tried to overthrow. And I really don't talk about, you know, I don't use the word conquest because we were not conquested. We still live and we live on through our traditions, through our ceremonies, through our dances, through our prayers, and through these teachings. So this teaching actually falls under a body of knowledge known as Nahualism. And under Nahualism, it is about the art of I, the art of me. It's the art of consciously creating yourself. It is about reaching your full enlightenment. So what we call lucid dreaming is actually what our ancestors would have called blossom dreams. And so a lot of times I'll say, may you and your dreams blossom with beauty because it was about our enlightenment. And the flower in our tradition represents many different things. It represents that our underworlds had been healed and our underworlds are those things, those patterns that repeat themselves in our lives. It is those destructive habits that we have. It is the archetype of people that show up in our lives. So when we have dreams about old boyfriends or old girlfriends or, you know, old friends, it's not that you're dreaming of them per se, it's that they're an archetype. So if they betrayed you, if they cheated on you, if they abused you, then that archetype would continue to show up in your life. And so you would have to cancel those dreams because that is a part of your underworld. And we believe that the third of your life that you spend sleeping is actually creating your waking reality. That third of your life you're spending sleeping and dreaming. So we believe that it is the dreams that is actually creating your waking reality. It's not that your waking reality is, have, is having so much of an influence on your dreams as your dreams are influencing that, re that which we call reality. And so until you can start to dream a new dream, those things will continue to repeat themselves. So, so let me ask you, because you say that, that the dream world. So I feel like we are in our reality right now that we perceive that this is the actual dream. Like this is like not real. That's how I feel. So are you saying that the dreaming that we're doing in our sleep is creating our waking reality the same as, you know, we are the creators of creators of our own reality through our thoughts and our emotions and all of that. So it's like, we're the dream of the dream. Okay. Mm -hmm. This, this that we're having is the dream of the dream. So you and I right now are in what we would call our tonal, which is short for tonatua, which is the sun. And so our tonal is an energetic 
um, body that we believe surrounds our crown, why we are in our waking reality and our Nahual is an energetic body that surrounds our navel. And so what happens is, is when we go to sleep, those energies actually will exchange. It happens automatically. And so the Nawal, the unconscious, what you were talking about in terms of that unconscious, that subconscious ruling you, right? That's the one that takes over. And it's that undomesticated energy. And most people, what happens is they fall asleep. So they lose consciousness while they are sleeping and their unconscious begins to take over and starts to dream and create these things. So then after when they wake up and those energies shift, which a lot of times when people experience sleep paralysis, it's because those energies haven't shifted or it's also because they are sort of still in this um, stage where it hasn't happened fast enough. Like they've woken up before those energies have had a chance to fully shift. And so that's why they're still in this state of a daze and it takes them a while to kind of get back into their body. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is, is that energetic, that Nawal, that undomesticated is running things. And so part of our teachings are to train that undomesticated energy to create consciously what it is that you actually want to create and to merge those spaces in our heart space so that when you fall asleep, you fall asleep consciously. So you're unconscious and your conscious are awake and you have a director of the dream that you're commanding. So what most people would call lucid dreaming is the awareness that you're dreaming, but they're super lucid dreaming where you can actually command what you want to have happen based on ancient dream codexes to create the reality that you want to live in your waking state. This is so fascinating. <laughs> it, it really is. And I, you know what, I just wanted to step back a little bit because being that we are collective, is this energy collective in where we have, um, you know, with these different archetypes and everything, because we can be a collective pool, is that something that comes in with when we have kind of those precognitive dreams of dreaming of other things that are coming about? Are we collectively pulling that from other energies um, or is it just our experience? That makes sense. So, yeah, there are collective dreams. And um, it's interesting because a lot of the studies that have been done on dreaming haven't necessarily been done on Native and Indigenous cultures, because as a Native Indigenous cultures, we actually dream in community. We sleep in community together. And that's the way that it was since, you know, the dawn of time. And so we can literally dream together, meet each other in the dream world and do work together in that world. So, yes, there are people that do influence the collective. Um, some for what you would call good and some for what you would call not good if you want to put some sort of a label on it, right? Even though there really is no such thing as good and yeah. or not good, yeah. right? But if we're going to put some sort of a label on it that most people can understand, there are people out there that will enter into the collective dream to do things um, and to like harm other people. But that dream that we're having a lot of time, if it's a premonition dream, we talk a lot about clear abilities, but we don't necessarily talk about the clear ability that opens up when we're dreaming. And so some people's clear abilities happen to come out in dreaming. And so that's why you'll have like premonition dreams or, you know, what you're referring to as precognitive dreams. And so those dreams are happening because that person, that's where their ability is. It's not necessarily that they are influencing anything so much as they are an observer of what is going to happen. But there is, yes, people that can influence the collective. Yeah. Now, how about for, um, you know, I have an, I had a personal experience with a friend who's very clairvoyant in her dream, dream state, where she actually was in my dream. 
And she was very close to, I mean, like she was describing my location of what I was. And, and this is something that I have a reoccurring dream of, so I know it very well. Um, what is your take on things like that? Is that someone just being watchful as to give advice or is that like, what's the reasoning for sometimes joining that when you have a close bomb with someone? So in my tradition, we believe that when you dream of somebody, it's their actual spirit when they have red eyes. And I don't mean like sort of what you would imagine as a demon. I mean that right. when you take a picture and you sort of see that red eye, that kind of a red eye. And so when you are dreaming of somebody and they have the red eyes, it's because that is their true spirit that is visiting you versus when they don't, it's a projection of their spirit that you're seeing. It's a projection of your mind. Wow. That's, that's so interesting. Awesome. I have a question because we have a we have a viewer who has a question and she said it's not so much about her dream state, but and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but she says um, that she's been noticing that the first 10 to 30 seconds um, of her waking, all of her nerve endings feel like they're on fire. And she doesn't really remember her dreams, like the minute her eyes open there, oops, the, the, her dreams are gone. But do you, does that come back to what you were saying about how like the energy hasn't shifted yeah it could it could be it could be a symptom that she's experiencing specifically as she is having those energies switch places it might not be happening um soon enough but it also sounds like there's something um physical that's happening and and sometimes what's happening is when you're being woken up from a dream it's because there's something specific that your unconscious wants you to remember it's like a message that it has for you yeah mm. Now I've read um, some studies where they say that whatever we dream of people wise is, is people that we've actually seen. Doesn't mean we've met them or not the faces that we see or that we basically retain almost like a projection. What are your thoughts on that? So we believe in like what I would call dream deja vu, meaning that everything and everybody that you have ever met, you've dreamed them first. So in order for you to manifest anything in your waking reality, you have to dream it first. So we say in order for the earth to manifest, uh, the earth must dream it first. You must mm -hmm. dream it. And so that's why um, in what I teach, it is using those ancient symbols to dream what it is, to create what it is that you want in your waking reality. But oftentimes when you're seeing people that you've sort of never seen in your in your waking reality, it's because you will see them. And that's where that familiarity comes in where people call it deja vu, but it's actually. Yeah. Deja vu. Yeah. That's so freaking cool. I like, I like that interpretation. And, I really yeah. Do. And what about like, if you now this is, this has happened to me and also a friend of mine who was a question that I, I said that I would bring up on air. She had said to me, what about when we dream and the person changes, but you know, you still know it's them, but it's not technically physically looks like them. Is that something that we need to look at as an archetype level as to what we're seeing or is there some kind of, you know, mishmash of, you know, something that we need to see beyond that? It can. So for us in dream interpretation, and, and I want to be clear with something too, in my course, the only reason why I teach dream interpretation is so that you know whether you need to cancel or redream mm -hmm. that dream so that you have that, an understanding. Can I that ask means that? that yeah. So basically what happens is that if, if you determine through the, the dream interpretation that that dream is going to cause you suffering, then you would cancel 
that dream. There's an ancient practice that we use to cancel dreams and we cancel it in our blood and bones because the blood represents that which gives it life and the bones represent the ancestors. So we cancel the effects in our blood and bones so that dream does not manifest. We would wow. redream a dream if let's say, let's say you wanted to do a project and you were doing a project with Oprah and in the dream. So I'll give you an example yes, it's in the, <laughs> uh, yeah, in the dream interpretation, let's say that you dreamt that you're driving Oprah in a car, right? Mm -hmm. And you're driving uphill, which is great because in our dream interpretation, one of the first things that we look at is life measure movement. Then we look at direction and then we look at um, colors and those sorts of things. The story is always the very last thing that we look at. And so mm -hmm. in this dream, we are driving up a hill, which is great. It represents us driving up towards our heavens, towards our greatest possibility. But then all of a sudden we start to go down. That would represent us going down into our underworlds. That would represent that although this relationship with Oprah would start good, it would not end well. And so mm -hmm. because we would not want that to happen, we would redream the dream. We wouldn't cancel it because we really want to do the project with Oprah, but we really want it to end well. This is so interesting that you're bringing this up because I actually have had several precog. I'm, I call them precognitive dreams just because I've had so many people tell me that I would, I will be sitting with Oprah one day. And this was so weird because I was climbing, her house was like in the sky on top of a tree. <laughs> I was like climbing a tree to get to her house. And I remember that it was not easy. It wasn't hard, but it was very slow, methodical, calculated moves to get. And as I got close to the top, she was standing there and she put her arm out and helped me up. And we just started talking like it was like we knew each other forever. And, um, and I remember waking up and going, okay, so I'm going to get there, but it's going to be a methodical, it's going to be a graceful, slow moving thing. But I thought it was so weird that it was like, I literally was climbing this damn tree <laughs> and walking across this like beam, you know, it was so, it was challenging. And I just it, like, I remember every moment of that dream, every moment of it. And so I don't know anything about the direction other than you're going up. So just based on the fact that, you know, you're going up. Yeah, that would be a really good dream. It would also represent you going up to your heavens, you reaching enlightenment. Yeah, well, it's definitely on top of a tree. So it was in the <laughs> sky, like sky up there. Um, okay, let's, while well, you can ask questions, I'm going to look at the comments here. Well, it's, you know, what I find interesting is this whole idea of reprogramming, because this is almost similar to kind of like a hypnosis, but you're giving them tools to use to get into these dreams. And I've used tools for my lucid dreaming on there. What is, um, you know, with when you're working on one-on-one -on -one or on the groups with these tools, are you, is there a, a time period that you see people are making these shifts? What are the kind of shifts people are making um, when they are utilizing these tools that you give them? So I've seen people plant a dream and then it's blossomed the next day. What? Wow. Yeah. That's so, oh my God, I need to take this course just because and, I'm curious. <laughs> so there's a way that there's a, there's many so there's two ways that you plant dreams. Mm. And one of the ways that we plant dreams is where hundred percent of the energy is going towards manifestation. Another way would be that 50% goes for manifesting and 50% goes for lucid dreaming. And so typically when we're starting out, we're starting out um, with the way that hundred percent of the energy is going towards manifesting because in order to lucid dream and super lucid dream, you need to understand 
um, not just the ancient codexes, but you do need to understand dream interpretation in terms of directions and what certain things represent, because there's a lot of people that lucid dream, but what I see is that it can be dangerous because if you're doing things and you really don't know what that actually is creating for yourself in a waking reality, right, then you can be creating a nightmare for yourself. So like, let me give you an example. So through dream interpretation, through our tradition, um, when I talk about like life measure movement, right? And so also the directions of things. So let's give an example of life. Life means is it living or is it dead? Is something growing or is it dying, right, in your dream? Measure, is it bigger than or smaller than? So as an example, let's say that you have a dream and your wallet is really small, smaller than it would normally be, that would represent you're losing money. Whereas if you have a dream and it's a lot bigger, it would represent that you're getting money. That dream. <laughs> and, and in a lucid dream, you can command that it be bigger. You can command yes. it to grow, right? That's mm -hmm. what you would want to do in, in a lucid dream in terms of like growing your money. Yeah. And also as an example, when it comes to movement, is it is it coming from the direction of the north, the east, the south, the west? So the left, the west is uh, an example of loss. It represents shedding. It's what we call shipetotek. So it means that you're going to get what you want through loss, loss of a job, loss of health, loss of a relationship. Or you can go to the direction of the east, which is the direction of the right, which is the direction of Huitzilopochtli, which we call the hummingbird flying left which for us represents being able to do what is thought to be impossible, but it also represents the direction of precious knowledge and wisdom. So you're gonna get what you want through precious knowledge and wisdom. So for us, we cancel all our dreams when we're going to the left because we have a choice. Do we wanna learn through loss? And again, there's no good or bad, it's up to you. Do you want to learn through loss or do you want to learn through precious knowledge and wisdom? When we go down in a dream, we cancel those dreams because it represents us going into our underworld. And until we learn how to get super lucid, where we can actually do stuff in our underworlds that is going to help heal us and those aspects of ourselves that are creating certain things in our lives, then we avoid going down because once you get to a level where you're able to get super lucid and to do things, then you can go down because what we do is we go through what our, our nine underworlds to get to our caves of power. So we can do that. And there are many things and many gifts that we would obtain by going through our caves of power, but it's steps, it's foundation. Like first yeah. you start with reprogramming of the subconscious mm -hmm. and you start with doing that through the ancient mm -hmm. codex. And then we move on to what we call like super lucid dreaming. But I love the underworld. I love the dark. That's the shaman in yeah. me though. There's so much good that can come out of the dark. Um, I, I really love that. I have, a, I have a question here that's actually a really good one because I hear this a lot. Um, she says, I, as a child, I had reoccurring night terrors. She was taught how to be more aware during dreaming and how to shift the dream into something that wasn't terrorizing. But in general, I would like to talk about night terrors because we do, I do hear a lot of people talking about their children having night terrors. What are your take on that? So as an example, I had a student that suffered from night terrors and actually I didn't even know that when she began the course and when she started dream planting, her night terrors went away instantly and it's been over a year. She's never had one again. And this was something that she suffered with every single night of her life. And so night terrors, it depends on what it is. 
So there are beings that we would call the Yayeli, and the Yayeli are those things that feed off of your fear in your dreams. They feed off of invoking those emotions. And then there's the Pipitlin, which feed off the energy of love. And so it could be that the Yayeli are present in the dream and they're feeding off of those emotions, or it could be that you know, a lot of times people are running from things and shadows in their dreams and they don't even know what they are. And so as an example, when we get to super lucid, I actually have my students turn around and face it and ask it, what are you? And Mm -hmm. in um, one case, I know somebody that did it and it was love. And so they were running from love. And so this person wanted to to have love, but this whole time they've been running from love and that terrorized them, right? So terror You never know what you're running from, honestly, because I always tell people you're not afraid of the dark. You're afraid of what's in the dark, right? So half the time you don't even know what you're running from. (laughs) And and I think it's interesting too, because with some of these studies, they say the number one emotion based on the studies that is common is anxiety, which is fear-based. So I, 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 you know, I, it absolutely resonates um, with that. So when it's a child and it's reoccurring, like, is there something a parent can do to help or do they have to go see a specialist? So there's an old, um, you know, in the tradition, uh, sometimes they would place open scissors under the bed to represent cutting off of the bad dreams. That's crazy. And so um, it would depend, right, on the age of the child and (laughs) those sorts of things. And so you could put it like underneath the mattress, obviously not telling the child that they're there, right, because you don't want them to know that. Um, But a lot of times with kids, it's about giving them something like, oh, I made this special spray for you and it's going to make your Mm -hmm. night terrors go away, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, it's the magic spray, right? That kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, like anything like that. But also, um, you know, in the what we call like curanderas in the um, what some would refer to as shamans, what they would do is they would actually take the egg and they would wave it over you. And because it would represent like, you know, the the egg, right? It's the chicken that never hatched the dream Mm -hmm. that never was. So it is clearing them with the egg to represent like the nightmare that never happened that never was that never hatched and sometimes night terrors can be something where you know people don't talk a lot about this but you can actually lose parts of your soul in dreams that need to be um, called back into your space you can lose parts of yourself depending mm-hmm. on how terrifying the dream is for you and you mean so, like fragments yeah, yeah yeah you can lose like fragments and so you know there are things that you can do for that but really it would depend and so I don't know for me as a parent, and if it was one of my students, I would have them ask specifically, like, what is it that's happening in your dream? What is showing up and letting them know they -hmm. have the power to control their dreams. Kids are very powerful. And so you can say, tell them you have the power to say no more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't come back into my dream. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that too. Cause like my son's 12 and he astral travels already. And, and, and so I had to help him with that, but uh, I, be, I believe, and I'm so glad you said that because we do, we need to teach them that they are powerful because they freaking are. I mean, kids are yeah. amazing. Yeah. They are. So there's one uh, viewer on here, watcher, Hema, uh, she, it was more specific, but it brought up a question. Um, she said she has uh, a lot of dreams recently about her father and our estranged father daughter relationship. What is your take on reoccurring dreams? Is this just a notion of saying we haven't cleared it yet? 
we got to work on something <laughs> or is it, you know, is this the whole cancel out thing? If it keeps reoccurring in that level, I mean, it must yes. be important enough, right? Yeah. So, well, it's basically, as long as you continue to have that dream, that is going to continue to show up in your life. So if the dream is you having a strained relationship with your father, as long as you continue to dream that that's, what's going to continue to happen. So that's mm. why you would cancel dreams like that. And the same thing, I use the relationship a lot because it comes up a lot for people. They're like, I always dream about my ex. And I like, as long, like, did your ex cheat on you? Did he betray you? Did he lie to you? Okay. Well, that archetype, whether it be in your intimate relationships or whether it be in your business relationships or whether it be in your family relationships, that archetype will continue to show up in your life until you cancel that dream and dream a new dream. Mm. Mm, that's pretty powerful. It really is. So I have another one um, because I, I, I have been known to do this um, and I don't do it a lot anymore, but what is your take on people who sleepwalk? Oh my God. I was this major sleepwalker as a child. <laughs> so in our tradition, we don't have anything specifically about that, but what I have um, heard and learned is that there is a part of us that our brain will naturally enter into sleep paralysis and in certain exercises that we do, we command the brain to enter that state. And of course you can move, right? It's not like you're literally in that state, mm -hmm. but what happens is, is that some people don't have that natural mechanism where they are entering into sleep paralysis. And so the reason why our brain has that mechanism is because like, let's say in a dream, you're dreaming of a pirate and you're fighting, right? You don't want to be acting that out in your right. real life. And so that's why, why not, that man, that could, we could make some money off that <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I haven't had anybody, none of my students have actually experienced that. So I haven't been able to kind of experiment with it. But what I would do is I would, as I was drifting off to sleep, um, if I was dealing with somebody like that is I would have them command like for their brain to enter into sleep paralysis and for them to stay in that state so that, and see what kind of results they get from doing that. Then I'd also have them dream plan for it too. Right. But I would also do that. <laughs> Very cool. Now, do you find with your clients that as a collective that always one common thing comes up or is the most common thing that comes up? And does that change based on a season or a time frame? Have you noticed that? Have like maybe it's just all relationships one time and you're like, there's something going on with all relationships. Like, how do you do you see that? Or you do you have any input on that? There's so many different things that come up with the students and, you know, it's interesting because there are what I would say in general, in terms of what people come for, a lot of people are coming for spiritual enlightenment. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are coming for um, money, but when it's money, it's really what they're wanting is time freedom. They're wanting choices. They're wanting to be able to spend more time with their family. They're wanting more joy in their life and those sorts of things. So I would say uh, in the beginning, there's not necessarily like what I could say is sort of one common theme that's happening all the time or like, oh, all of a sudden all these relationship things are coming up. Although what I will say is that, you know, things come up and it may be coming up with, you know, some of the other students, but there's always different things that are coming up. There's always different things that are kind of happening. And what I would say is that if there was a common thing, it would be that some of those shadow pieces, right? Some of those aspects come up to be cleared in different ways. 
Mm. It's like those layers that come up of healing because we do do shadow work in the course and love it. Love shadow work. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> it is the and key. I am telling you, it is the key yeah. to growth. <laughs> but I, I mean, I do the same thing. I, it's all about the, you know, I don't, I don't like to label it as doing shadow work, but I'm more of an integration person. But I do mm. a lot of, I do a lot of inner child work, and so yeah. it's always got dark stuff that comes up with it. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, and so we do all of that because that's important so we're addressing like all things because it's a holistic and so right what i would say is yeah there's a lot of stuff that stems from the inner child and things that happen from childhood and it's going mm -hmm. back and it's healing and it's dream planting and it's looking at those dreams that they had from years ago because even in canceling dreams you can cancel dreams that you've had years and years ago as long as you remember them is there like universal symbolism? Like if somebody has like dreams about a bee or dreams about a horse or whatever, is there like universal meanings? Cause you know, like there's all these websites out there where you can be yeah. like, what does it mean when I dream about a bee? Oh yeah. You know? Good so point. It's, it's like, so what is the code or like, what do you, what's your take on that? Because this is what people do, right? You wake up, you are like, oh my God, I was attacked by bees. So I need to go Google this. Or I lost my teeth. What's going on? Did you lose your teeth in a dream? <laughs> oh, I've had that dream before. I've had what? that dream. My teeth were. Are you afraid your teeth are going to fall out? <laughs> I don't know. What is that about? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time, it's a stress and anxiety. But, um, so yeah, we do have our book of ancient codexes and symbols that we use and mm. that we dream plant with and that also tie into the interpretation. So that's why it's starting out with the foundation and starting out with those things, because then we look at those in terms of dream interpretation and what do those things mean and showing as an example, you know, the snake is what we use for physical healing. It's the main archetype we use for physical healing and why it's because the shake the snake sheds its skin, yeah. right? And it also sheds its stories and what it believes to be true. And it's close to mother earth and the belly rubs on it. And so that's the one we dream plant with when we're talking about physical healing. Mm. And so then when it comes to dream interpretation, it's like, okay, so was the snake bigger or smaller? Was it going to the left or the right? Was it going up? So then we look at all those other things, but and then anything outside of that, anything outside of our ancient codexes, then we would look and kind of see what the general meaning of it is. And we can talk about that. And intuitively, we would see what yeah. that is. Yeah. I, I love that. And I like, I, I'm very interested, especially when there is history involved on symbolism of how it was created and defined. Um, do you, I mean, this is probably going to be something that you probably can't answer off the cuff, but do you find that some of the symbolism that you have is extremely different or examples of how different it might be for some other general symbolism out there um, that is from based on, on your ancestry? I would say yes. And then I would say no too, right? So in some cases, right, like I had a, I had a student that um, was scared to use the snake because of what it represented in the Bible and what he was taught about the snake and all of these sorts of things. And I said, okay, so if there's fear around that, where is that coming from? Like, let's address that, right? And let's talk mm -hmm. about that. And here you can use this archetype or this codex instead to dream plant for that because what I'm teaching is not religion in any way. And in fact, right. whether you believe in God or Jesus or Buddha, Allah doesn't matter, right? Um, but there are some similarities 
So, you know, as an example, I went through the medicine wheel that was influenced by the Inca tradition and, you know, the snake, same thing represents Mm -hmm. the shedding of the skin and it's the serpent and all of those sorts of things. So there definitely is some similarities in different native and indigenous cultures, but then there's also definitely some differences there, right. And what it could be interpreted to mean. Mm. And I see a lot of that now in terms of, I feel like some of that was to thwart us from our journey and to keep us from using things that are actually there meant to help us. And the actual um, interpretation of things is different than what people read or hear about, you know, in history books. So as an example, the whole history of you know, Mexico and ancient Mexico and Moctezuma is not what we read in the history books, what we're taught in oral tradition. We are not taught that Moctezuma was a traitor. We are taught that he was a prophetic dreamer, just like all warriors and people of power had to be back in those days. And he had a prophetic dream about the mixing of the races and about what was going to happen. And so he tried to avoid that. But the thing is, is that when we have a dream about the collective, there's Mm -hmm. nothing that we can do to change it. If I were to have a prophetic dream about myself, I could change it. There would be something that I could do. So he tried to give up and then um, there still happened to be the one battle, which was the night of sorrows. And that is where the Spaniards fell into the only body of water that the Aztecs would wash themselves in. And that is how smallpox was spread. And that is where the prophecy came to be. So the next Tulhuani, which was the Aztec spokesperson, saw that the prophecy came to be true. And that is when he went out into the land and ordered that these teachings and our sacred things be hidden and that it was only until the dawn of the sixth sun that they could be shared again and that they would be needed again and that until that time that we would continue to pass down these traditions to our children and from teacher to student and so while the Spaniards left to go get their army and to mobilize and to come back they were busy hiding all of their sacred artifacts and making a plan to be able to continue these teachings and our healing techniques as well and our ceremonies. And so actually some people that went into the church and that quote unquote converted were there specifically so that they could continue to pass down these teachings in secrecy. And there is said that they will be finding many of our sacred objects now during this time and that they would be coming back and that it would be now that these teachings would be needed and that we could share them. That's so cool. I love how there's the similarities in, in a lot of this stuff. I, 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 I'm a firm believer, and this is kind of off topic, but the fact that you brought up that whole, you know, dreaming for the collective, you know, I always say when I get precognition, I always believe that, you know, we are the drivers and commanders of our reality and our, and our ship, you know, our body, and we have the power. And so I always tell people, whether it's in a dream state or in their channeling abilities or whatever, um, you know, you can choose to not receive collective messages that you can't control. And so I always ask, and and if there's something I can do about it, please don't give it to me. And when I do get stuff, you know, uh, I've gotten stuff that is is pretty crazy and I'll ask, and the answer will be, it's through you spreading your message that, you know, what's going to happen. They're going to think they're going to respond in fear. Your job is to help with the fear. It's to spread the love and to 
you know, to disarm people basically. And so it's, it's, it's again, whether you are in a, in your actual dream state, or if you're in this waking dream state, it's still about interpretation and using your power regardless. And, and I go often in my dreams, I set myself up beforehand for me. Um, I use the temples uh, and I use different planetary energies and I go to these places with the intentions of doing this deep healing work or, you know, whatever the case may be. So when you set an intention for just the average person who's listening to this, what is the power behind setting an intention when you go to sleep? Is that the same as dream planting in, in, in the way that you're doing it? Or is it is That's it, an amazing question. Is it not the same? Because I mean, I literally, you know, I go to like a Neptune for the temple of vision and I, and I, I go there with this specific intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember everything when I come out, you know? And so I'm just curious and I, I may be a little bit more advanced than the average person who may be watching this, maybe not, but I'm curious about the intention piece. So it is not so much about the intention in the sense that that's all that that is what dream planting is so dream planting is a very specific set of um practices that are that you are doing it's very specific steps and it's in a certain sequence and it's tied to the um to the universal cosmic mathematics Oh, cool. So Mm -hmm. when we are doing a specific set of something, it is, we are doing it in a set of 13. And the reason 13 (laughs) is because 13 means enlightenment is associated with the sun. And so it is about reaching our enlightenment. And so not only are we doing a very specific set of something in 13, but we are also using a very specific ancient codex for what it is that we're wanting to create and manifest. And then we are doing the dream planting in a way to create that. And so there is a little bit of intent as far as like, okay, I want to have physical healing from my arthritis or my inflammation or my, I want to heal my bloodline from alcoholism or from poverty or scarcity, or I want to heal my own poverty or scarcity or relationship with my partner, whatever it may be. So depending on what it is that you're wanting, there is what, so I like to say, because dream planting arrangements is something that I created. It was something that intuitively came to me, but it's using this ancient wisdom. And so I teach the very traditional way. And then I also teach things that I have seen have helped me and my students. So I talk about that and dream planting arrangements is really about focusing your energy on one thing instead of, you know, doing all the things. It's like one thing specifically in a night we're going to focus on, whether that be your money or your relationship, your health, whatever it may be. And then from there, there are very specific codexes. So like people say like, there's an app for that. I tell people there's a dream planting arrangement for that, whatever it is that you (laughs) want to create, like there's no limit to what you can create in the dream world. So as far as intent, I would say that's where our intent comes in about what is it that we're working on, but just to have the intent of, Oh, I'm going to dream for my healing. No, it's very much a very specific thing that we're doing and you are doing it in bed right before you go to sleep at night. Right. So, now, so, but is there a benefit though, to setting an intention before you go to bed? Like, so if someone isn't able to do all of yes. this stuff with you, is there, is it powerful for them to set an intention? 
Absolutely. So the state before we go to sleep is called our hypnagogic state. That's the best state to actually reprogram your subconscious is what science is starting to now realize. And it's something that, sure. <laughs> you know, my ancestors just sort of intuitively knew. Right. And so that is why we do the dream planting as we are drifting off to sleep in our hypnagogic state. I always mm -hmm. tell people, though, even without dream planting, you can still have an intent about what it is that you want to create. So if you're just starting and you can't do the program or whatever it may be, then yes, still use your dream state to its, you know, maximum ability and have an intent create. So most people never have a plan when they go to sleep, right? right? Like, okay, <laughs> I want to do this in my sleep. It's the same thing. A lot of times why people don't remember their dreams is because they never really think about the significance or the importance of it. But yet yeah. we all want our dream job or our dream career or our dream right. partner. Mm -hmm. so the dream language has been hidden in our everyday language, the importance of dreams. If you look back at many different religions and many different cultures, you will see that there's always been an importance on dreams. Yeah. And in fact, many leaders had what they would call a dream guide, right? They have yeah. their own dream oracle that would guide them and would interpret. Um, and so again, for us, it's more about interpreting to see if you need to yeah. counsel or redream, but you can still use that time to reprogram your subconscious as you're drifting to sleep. You can still start to say, or you can, I tell people to ask for answers in your dream state as you're drifting off, show me yeah. the solution to yeah. this. Show me how I be, how I can become financially free. Show me how I can have a better relationship with my spouse. And I always tell people and and cl clearly set the intention. Like I'm 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 big on giving energy a direction, and that's basically what intention is. But in saying and and help me to remember, help mm -hmm. me to remember this. Like there's so much you know that people can do, and so I'm I'm glad that we we brought that up because I you know. Not and everybody will be really able important. to do that, but in the yeah. intention piece and the remembering, you know? Yeah, it's especially definitely. if it's just the intention to remember, because even if people can get into the state, and this is what I believe in, and Jen, you know, you feel, feel free to like, you know, advance on this for me. <laughs> but I do believe that if someone doesn't remember a dream, even if they put that intention out there that they want to remember, that they can just focus on how they feel when they wake up because whether it's a memory or something that's triggered because i do believe that something's part of that to help you remember um to help it bring up i know for um my own things you know because i always keep a dream journal and sometimes you know i got to the point where i was keeping dream journal but i'm just too tired sometimes to write so i used to record it <laughs> and there are things that i just didn't remember even saying when I was just waking up saying it, and then I would listen back to it, I'd be like, I don't even remember that. I can't believe I just said that. Is there that pivotal point that you find when people wake up, um, you know, what, you know, even with the fact that intention or they're trying to put a focus on it, do you think that they should focus on how they feel if they don't remember it? So a couple of things I'm going to talk about uh, dream recall, right? And I'll, mm -hmm. and I'll actually give you a couple of techniques that I teach for dream recall. So one, uh, first it's having the intent to recall your dreams, right? To understand that your dreams are speaking to you. They're telling you something, they're creating your life. So let's start to have that intent. So what I call a dream affirmation, um, but was an ancient thing. I actually started to incorporate that where like I will, and I will remember it in the morning or, and I will remember it when I wake up. Right. So that's the first thing. Sometimes though, when you're not able to recall your dreams, it's because um, one, 
your sexual energy is not rising naturally when you fall asleep and it's getting stuck in one of your energy centers. And so our sexual energy uh, should be rising naturally and it should reach our crown in order for us. And we call it, um, we call our chakras, our energy centers, totokayanos, but it should reach what most people would understand as their crown at night. So part of not being able to remember a dream, sometimes it's because your sexual energy is not rising. And sometimes it's because you fear death because mm. when you sleep and you lose consciousness, it's the closest thing subconsciously that you can experience that's close to death. So there's different exercises that we do that one will automatically help you to raise that energy because it's said to require four times more energy to manifest in the sleep state. And so there are things that we do. One of the practices I teach is called semi, which means drinking the sweet nectar of life. And it's not like, you know, your coffee in the morning or your latte. It is drinking the energy of the sun. And there's different times of the day that we do it. Um, one of them specifically is to help with dream recall. So there are things that we do specifically for that. And there's an exercise that we do to overcome the fear of death. But the mm. other thing is that specifically to dream recall in the morning, it is said that you have eight dreams a night. You might only remember three or four, but you actually have eight a night. And so what happens is, is when we remember our dreams, we remember them backwards. And so one of the dream recall techniques is mental. So where you ask yourself, what was I dreaming? And then you ask yourself, what happened before that? What happened before that? Where did it start? Previous mm. dream. What was I dreaming? That's so what interesting. We that? dream. What happened rem- before that? We remember backwards. Is that what you were saying? We remember our dreams backwards. Yeah. When we're recalling, mm. we'll recall the, because we recall the first one that the we, one. Re- that are not the first one, the most recent one we were having when we woke up. So then we, we ask those things backwards. And so those are for mental people, for people that are physical, then they would actually take one step. They would actually get up and they would take one step back and they would say, what was I dreaming? And they would take a step back. What happened before that? They would take a step back. What happened before that, that they would take a step back. Where did it start? Cause you want to know where the dream started. And then you would say previous dream. And so each time they're taking a step back. And so some people are physical and some people are mental. So that's another, just a dream recall right. technique. Now, I, I want to actually step back, <laughs> but not in the dream sequence. Um, you had mentioned the blockage of sexual energy um, because the chakra, you know, with chakra, with sexual energy, that's also the block of creativity because that's to me, sexual energy can also be created, you know, creativity, your creative and, you know, your root chakra. So is, is that also, uh, you know, the I feel case like it's more you- sacral than anything. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, is it the same as Kundalini? Cause I know people are yeah. going to be asking me that. Is that the same right. as Kundalini? Cause the Kundalini rises from the base to the crown as well. Yeah. So we call it a Mexican Kundalini, but for us, it was called the rainbow serpent. So there was this idea. <laughs> yeah. There was this idea of that sort of, um, energy that So, you know, when we talk about similarities, right, like that similarity is there in terms of us talking about the sexual energy and being able to move it and being able to unblock it. And so when we are planting dreams, it's actually from our navel that we dream plant and why from that space, because that's where we are connected to our mother at our umbilical cord. And it is said that when we are in our mother's womb, we are dreaming of who we will become. And so in the dream of the womb, it is a red dream. And it's actually, we have nine levels on the pyramid of dreaming. And the red dream 
is one of them. And it is because at that dream, you can recreate who it is that you were dreaming, who you would become when you're awake. Because when you are being formed in your mother's womb, it is like a red, like a hue that you see in that space when light is reflected on her womb, just like if you were to put like a flashlight, right? on your skin and you could kind of see that reddish color it is said so that is the most healing color so like for us not only would we use the serpent but we would use the color red so we would dream plant with a red serpent for our most healing dream and when we're dream planting it's from the navel that we're dreaming because that is the space that is the womb is the space of where we can literally create life where literally literally life can be formed. And so it is the energy of creation. So for us, sexual energy is one of the most powerful energies. And so we sure. do talk about that in the course as well. And there are exercises that we teach in order for that energy to be able to float and to unblock it. And for anybody that has experienced any sort of sexual trauma, we talk about that and clearing that space so that they are able to create and yeah. to bring life forward and life doesn't have to be a baby. It can be something. So just, just to be clear, these techniques for blockages you're actually doing on the conscious level, or are you taking this also into the sleep level as well with these blockages to unclear them? Because for both. the people who can't remember, you're doing both. It's a combo. Yeah. So we're doing stuff in our waking state that is supporting the stuff that we're doing in our dream state. Excellent. That's pretty cool. I call the sacral, the sacral super highway. Cause it's like the access point to everything. <laughs> so when I did my shamanic journeys, I was like, I'm going to call it the sacral super highway. <laughs> Let's go there. So interestingly enough though, I, I got cued on womb healing. So do you, you know, when you were talking about the red and, and being in the womb and recreating, do you do any of that in, in your course with the dream state? Do you, do you, you mentioned sexual trauma, but what about those that are doing the, the, the womb healing? So whether it's their own issues or a mother issue or whatever, do you do, do you go into that in your course as well? I do in my deep dives. So okay. usually in the course we have a Q and a, and like I had a Q and a right before this call and we were talking about the importance of your cycle and when you're actually having your cycle full moon versus new moon and what that means and how, as you know, most women, when they're entering and they're having their cycle, a lot of times that's when they're disconnected from their power, depending on how that experience came up for them. And so in native culture, we actually have ceremony around it where the woman is told that she is sacred and that, um, that it is sacred to bring life forward and all of these things because it leaves an imprint on the brain. And so every time you have your cycle, what imprint is happening? Is it the imprint of shame and, and like disgust, or is it the imprint of sacredness? And so that I can actually, that. <laughs> yeah. And that can affect your um, cycle in general. So a lot of people that have fibroids and cysts, so we were just talking about that, about how fibroids and cysts, a lot of times the emotion behind that is um, rage and anger. And it's because either something happened where you were violated or because you allowed somebody to enter that space that you really knew wasn't really good for you. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about clearing the womb space and healing the womb space and the importance right. of that and how we do that also through dream planting and how we can achieve that. Mm. That's awesome. Now, before we're, we're getting a little short on time, so I want to just make sure anyone who is listening and wants to um, have some general questions in regards to this, uh, please go ahead and go and type them in so that we can get them in and, you know, 
start asking Jen these questions. But one thing that I would love to know, Jen, is, um, you know, and I know that, you know, collectively you've, you've dealt with a lot of people through this process. Is there any profound story that you can share success wise of with this healing process that you have, uh, you have in place? So what I will say is right now, so a couple that just kind of come to mind right now in terms of physical healing, I had a student that suffered from a severe mushroom allergy, so much so that she couldn't even be in the same room if like mushrooms were being um, prepared because it would throw her into anaphylactic shock and she would need the EpiPen. And so um, Mm -hmm. through dream planting and the work that we were doing together, she just let me know the other day that she was eating these new snack. And then she looked at the, the ingredients and it said on their shiitake mushrooms. And um, this had been like her second day of eating it and she didn't have any reaction. And prior to that, she was in a space where mushrooms were being cooked and she didn't have any reaction. And I myself had a nasal polyp that um, was so large. I had had nasal polyps before in my life as a teenager and it was so large. I knew that I would have to have surgery because um, that's what had happened in the past. But then I thought, well, no, I don't. Let me do dream planting. And then it went away. And um, it was actually like so big, it was obstructing my airway, but that went away. And I've had another person that's been able to heal from um, PCOS. I've had another person that's been able to heal from kidney stones. I've had people been able to heal from anxiety, depression, from um, eating disorders, you know, in terms of manifestation, people have manifested their dream homes, their dream partners, their dream cars, their dream jobs. Let's get real. We love that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all all about that stuff. Sign me up. (laughs) More clients, you know, in their businesses, like their social media stuff really like grown, expanded. And they have all these people, like they went from making no money to making, you know, 3000 and then making 6,000. And now they're like all the time people are messaging them and reaching out and, there's so many issues like that. Now, is it the process of just having them know these tools or are they using these tools and they actually get messages in their dream and they're able to, um, you know, intuitively know at that point what these dreams mean to them or their messages and level that they or the messages know, they lead to inspired action, yeah. which leads to whatever. Yeah. So some of them don't even remember all of their dreams still, you know, because it is cycles that we go through and the world that we live in, you know, in the ancestors, this is like, they were doing this all the time, right? They weren't running errands and getting groceries and running businesses and working and doing all the things. So I tell people that the dream world is not super stable. So sometimes you're going to remember your dreams and sometimes you're not. And so even for those that aren't remembering their dreams, just through the process of dream planting alone, these things are manifesting for them. And so um, some of them haven't even gone on to super lucid 101 they're still in dream planting 101 and all of these things are manifesting for them and so Sweet. it's just through that process very that cool. these things are happening That's so very cool. before we share where everybody can find you i just want i just want to put a like a little wrap up for for you know obviously we highly suggest that if you guys want to go into this magic with jen that you you reach out to her and and you find out all her information and that will all be listed below in the description uh, about an hour after we conclude tonight. Um, so you can link right to her, but to get started on this realm, you know, is what are some basic things people can do? Is it just setting that intention and setting that thing to remember um, and then keeping like a journal 
Um, or is there something that like, I want people to walk away tonight with something tangible that they can do and try. Cause I would love to get people to come back and tell us yes, what they experienced. We definitely, want, <laughs> we definitely want feedback. So I would say a few things, tangible, some things that they can walk away with, um, to be able to use their dream time in a way that can help them to create, right. Just to kind of start them off. I would say one is first to what is it that you're wanting to create, right? Or what are some of the issues that you are having? So as an example, a long time ago, I was working with somebody and I asked her, I said, you know, what is it that you're wanting, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, imagine right now that I'm God and I'm going to answer everything that it is that you want, right? What, what do you want? What do you want to know? And she said, I want to know like why I can't make this much amount of money a month, why I'm struggling. I said, really? I said, because if it was me, that's not the question I would ask. I would say, <laughs> how can I make this amount of money a month, right? Because here's the thing is that a lot of us, um, what people don't realize, I believe is that the questions that we ask ourselves are shaping our realities because our unconscious has to go to work to answer that question. So do you really want to know why? Because what if the why is because your marketing sucks? Yeah. Or, why? I always tell people why is a freaking loaded question. Don't even bother yeah. asking it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, show me how, right? So then you say like, show me how, because then you're getting the steps. You're like, oh, do this, you know, do this and this and this and this and work with this person and all this stuff. So using your dream time before you go to sleep, that hypnagogic state as you're falling off to sleep, asking yourselves like, okay, how can I have a successful business? How can I meet, you know, the, the partner of my dreams? How can I walk away from this job? How can I get a raise? How can I get a promotion? How can I have more time freedom? How can I um, get clients, right? Ask yourself those things before you go to sleep because your subconscious will begin to answer them for you and start to train your Noel, start to use. So if you're having nightmares or if you're having dreams of being chased, like understand that you have the power and you can set the intent. If I dream tonight that I'm being chased, I will turn around and ask, what are you? Or you can command, like, don't come back to my dream. If, and then if you determine it to be something that is really negative, what you would consider negative, then command it to not come to your dream. And the other thing is, too, is you can write down, right, what it is that you're wanting to manifest, write those things and say, okay, show me how I can manifest these things and like put it under your pillow and That's fall asleep with that. And yeah, have the energy <laughs> and ask to be shown how to do those things in your dream state and ask to remember them in the morning. Perfect. Manifestation is so powerful and it's so um, unique to see how common it is in so many different, um, you know, ancestors and, you know, everyone has a different belief to some extent, but there's always some common ground on manifestation and how powerful it is. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really cool to hear. So where can people find you? So they can find me on Facebook. It's under Jen, the rainmaker. They can go to, and it's J E N one N. They can go to Jen, the rainmaker.com. I'm um, updating my website right now, but there's still information there. And they can also email Jen at Jen, the rainmaker.com. And either myself or somebody from my dream team will respond. Are you currently enrolling for this, this awesome course we keep talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I am actually, I'm going to be opening up, enrollment is open now for my next 
section so they can reach out. Awesome. I have one last question before we wrap, just because it keeps coming up and that is hypnosis or listening to transmissions as you fall asleep. Do you find that that is beneficial? I think it depends. So I remember one time somebody prepared a hypnosis thing for me and I was like, let me listen to this when I'm not sleeping. And what I realized is that they were trying to get me to buy something of theirs. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty shady. That's pretty (laughs) shady. (laughs) So I, me personally, right? Like I know people that use certain things and they work really well. Me personally though, listening to like sulfrego frequencies and things like that, I do like, but some of the hypnosis things, um, I don't know. I'm a, I myself, I think that you can create your own hypnosis things in your own. I, have yeah. That's what I was just going to suggest. Yeah. It's very, I feel very like powerful. Really beneficial. Yes. Yeah. And I've been doing that for two years and I can tell you just from my own examples that listening to my own affirmations before mm-hmm. I sleep and my own voice is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And like I said, for everybody, I'll be posting uh, all the ways that you can contact Jen, the rainmaker, it will be in the description below. So come back and don't forget to give us a like and share this video out. Let everybody know what Jen is up to and all this beautiful, awesome information that she shared with us tonight. Yeah. And just a heads up, uh, next week, we will not be going live between the holiday and Johanna traveling, but we will follow up the following week. Um, we are going to discuss the Kabbalion, the seven hermetic principles. So I'm excited for that. Um, we're obviously, you know, Johanna and I are talking about doing something a little bit more detailed on those seven principles, but this is just going to be a general overview of it and the powers of the law of attraction, mentalism, polarity, all of that. So we're excited for that. Yes. And this weekend, like I said, make sure you guys click that little bell. We may be going live for a bonus episode where you guys can come on and ask us whatever questions you have and dive into. Yeah. So it'll be fun. If you have general questions, if you have psychic questions, if you have reading questions, whatever, just bring your questions. I'm going to try to coax my uh, husband to come join us and, and on this broadcast. So we may be doing that Sunday evening. We'll post about it. So uh, follow us on uh, Breakdown Radio's Facebook channel and you'll know uh, what we're up to. And we'll probably post here as well. Tanya's always sharing on YouTube. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Jen, we thank, are, you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we are, <laughs> thank I'm you, so you. glad I found you. You were highly recommended to me. I'm so glad that it worked out and um, we'll be in touch about that dream stuff because I'm super interested. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. The Breakdown is recorded live. To get live show notifications, head on over to YouTube and search The Breakdown Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and click the little bell to get notified. You can also find us over on Facebook at The Breakdown Live. And if you would love to be a guest on our show, or you just have a juicy topic that you would love for us to break down, shoot us an email at circus at breakdownlive.com. Until next time.